me, if you will, please, and turn to an Old Testament book. I want you to turn to the book of Deuteronomy this morning, if you would. Deuteronomy chapter number 29. And I want to say a few things before we start today. Um, I want to give you a few disclaimers here. So 30 years, man, 30 years I've been at it here. Been at it longer than that, but 30 years here at Calvary. So uh, with that said, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revivals, special meetings, I have hundreds and hundreds of outlines to draw from um, that I could dig out and preach for you today. And that's not why I'm going to preach what I'm going to preach this morning. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. has been with the Lord many, many years now, but I, I'm so thankful for a statement that he made that helped me. And I didn't find this statement till recently. But Dr. Bob Jones said, the man who preaches an old sermon because he doesn't want to study is lazy. But the man who refuses to preach an old sermon for fear that others may call him lazy is a coward. And that helped me a lot. And so with many, many, many outlines, I hardly ever, ever re-preach a sermon. But I'm going to do that today. And I'm, gonna, I'm doing it very much on purpose, and I believe it's the will of God that I do this today. Um, and the Lord always helps. You know, whenever you're battling with something like this, the Lord sort of helps with that. And I was just uh, studying my Bible this week, and I noticed that in Deuteronomy chapter 6, God gave a message to the Israelites, and then five chapters later in Deuteronomy chapter 11, God gives them almost the same exact message again, almost word for word, verbatim. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul taught truth to the believers in Ephesus. And then just a few chapters later, Paul teaches the same exact truths to the believers at Colossae. And so again, um, sometimes it's necessary to preach something that you've preached before. Brother Seth, uh, we were up here at Blake, uh, Blake Farms yesterday for the fireworks and we saw Brother Seth, Brother Seth Sisloff, and, and Brother Seth said, uh, are you going to preach on America tomorrow? And I said, Brother Seth, actually, no, I'm not. I said, I'm actually preaching on bitterness tomorrow. And Brother Seth said, oh, so you are preaching on America. <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. But there was a lot of truth in that little sarcastic statement. And... Um, Actually, church, to be quite honest with you, we're going to deal with this subject all day long today. And so uh, I'm preaching this morning on the subject bitterness, a serious heart issue. And then tonight, tonight, whatever you do, uh, now you come for the ice cream, but don't you come for that, all right, mainly. I'm going to be preaching tonight on God's prescription for bitterness. God's prescription for bitterness. And so I hope that you'll be back in your places tonight. But let's deal with it a little bit this morning and uh, I have dealt with this issue so much within the last few weeks, and, and not just with our folks either. You know, anytime I say something like that, people are prone to think, well, you know, it's a Calvary thing. Not always. And uh, I've dealt with this issue a lot. My wife and I have the last little bit. We've met with numerous people, and, uh, and some go to Calvary and some don't go to Calvary. 
and we've just tried to be a help and a blessing to them. And, and it just seemed like I, I just I could not get away from this subject today. Um, and I believe this is the will of the Lord. And so we want to try to be a blessing and try to help you today. So Deuteronomy 29 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you'll stand with us today, out of respect for the reading of God's word. Deuteronomy 29, and we'll just read just a few verses. We'll start in verse 16 and read down through verse number 18 this morning. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 16. If you found your place, say amen. amen. All right, here we go. The Bible says, for you know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt and how we came through the nations which ye passed by. And ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold. In other words, wood and stone idols and silver and gold idols, which were among them. Now, I want you to notice verse number 18, specifically, the Bible says, lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Now notice this last line. Lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated this morning. I'm gonna ask the Lord to help us while you are as well, and we're going to jump right into this Bible study today, and I hope that it'll be a blessing. Let's pray together. Father, we love you, and thank you for the privilege of being back at Calvary Baptist Church, and Lord, I'm so blessed. I feel like I've got the greatest job in the whole world. Lord, I get to uh, come here today, and I get to brag on the Lord, and I get to preach a book that's unsearchable, a book that uh, is, uh, uh, Lord, it's always fresh. And uh, Lord, I'm just, I'm blessed beyond measure today. And then on top of that, Lord, I not only get to preach a great Savior, but I get to preach a great Savior to some great people, uh, Lord, who I consider to be my family, my church family. And uh, Lord, I love to preach, but I wouldn't want to preach anywhere. Uh, uh, Lord, I, this is my favorite, favorite place to bring the word. And so Lord, I pray that you'll bless our discussion. Lord, bring us very close together now. As we learn something that will not only help our church, but it'll help our homes, it'll help our marriages, it'll help our individual lives, it'll help our witness. Lord, it'll help our spirit. And uh, Lord, it's something that we're, we're dealing with more and more and more in this day in which we're living. And so Father, bless our discussion, please. Help it to be fresh, help it to make sense, and help it to honor you and to glorify you. We pray for your help now. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, amen and amen. Look at verse 18 again. Uh, Lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. Gall and wormwood, not, not terms that we use a lot today in our vernacular. Uh, when the Bible talks about gall and wormwood there, it's the idea of poisonous plants or what the Bible would call bitter plants, bitter or poisonous plants. Now, the Lord is applying this in a spiritual, a spiritual way. And this is what God is saying in Deuteronomy chapter 29, and we'll bring this down uh, and we'll bring this together in just a moment. But God is saying to the Israelites here this, that if one person or a group decides to become involved in idolatry, 
The worship of false gods, that one person or group can infect or serve as a poison to a much larger crowd. Now again, follow that. There is a spiritual application here. And so God comes to the Israelites and says, I know that you've seen the false gods that other nations serve, false gods, wood, stone, gold, and silver. And God says to the Israelites, just letting you know that if you decide to get swayed into that idolatry, that it's gonna have a bearing on your family. It's gonna have a bearing on your friends. It's gonna have a bearing on those that are around you, those that you affect. And by the way, by the way, church, you affect somebody. Everybody does. Everybody has some kind of fellowship. You say, well, uh, you know, I'm not a pastor, not an evangelist. You don't have to be, but you have somebody that's looking at you. Somebody that's watching you, somebody's following you, somebody's looking at your testimony, somebody's looking at your example. Uh, you uh, kids here this morning, you older teenagers, I want to tell you something. Your siblings are watching you. They're watching you. Now, they would never tell you this, but they think you're the living end. You know, you're 18, 17, 18 years old, and they're 12, and they look up to you, and they think, man, one of these days, I'm going to be, you know, older like my brother is or my sister is, and, and, uh, and, and I just want to let us know that heavy, heavy hangs the load if we decide to go off in a wrong direction because we're always going to affect those around us. Well, that's what the Bible's teaching here in Deuteronomy chapter 29, but it's really interesting that in the New Testament, we see a very similar challenge. In fact, the New Testament uses some of the same exact words that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 29. I'm gonna show you that to you if I could. I want you to turn over to your New Testament this morning in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter number 12, and look, if you will, at, at, at verse number 12. Now, some believe that Paul wrote the Hebrews. Some believe that Timothy wrote Hebrews. Um, but we know this, it was all inspired under the Spirit of God, and so it's the Holy Ghost that's speaking to us here. Uh, by the way, same Holy Ghost inspired the Old Testament, inspired the New Testament, and, uh, and he uses some very similar words here in both, both places. Hebrews chapter 12, when you find your place, look at verse number 12. The Bible says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. Here again, you know what it's teaching there? People are watching you. Folks are watching. They're paying attention to your testimony. And so be sure that you make straight paths for your Make sure you stay in the will of God. That's what the Bible's saying there. Lest that which is lame, those that are younger, those that are weaker, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Watch verse 15. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And notice the last part, Calvary. And thereby many be defiled. And so the writer of Hebrews is teaching a very similar truth here, a very similar lesson to the writer in the book of Deuteronomy. And the lesson is this, that bitterness, the bitterness of one person is very able to infect many other people before it's done. Yeah. Now this is a little gross, 
but it just fits great here. Listen to this story. Years ago, there was a terrible outbreak of disease in a tiny village in a remote part of Africa. Both children and adults were getting sick and overcome with nausea. Several weeks passed and the sickness became widespread and people started dying. Word of the disease reached the main city in that area and experts were dispatched to try to figure out what was causing the problem. They soon discovered that the water was contaminated. The village got its water supply from a mountain stream that was fed from a spring. So the experts decided to track upstream and hopefully find the source of the pollution. They traveled for many days and finally, finally came to the mouth of the stream. But on the surface, on the surface, they found nothing wrong. Puzzled, they decided to send some divers down to to search as closely to the spring's opening as possible. What the divers discovered shocked the experts. A large mother pig and her baby piglets were wedged right at the opening of the spring. Evidently, they had fallen in, drowned, and somehow got stuck there. Now all that crystal clear, pure mountain spring water was being contaminated as it flowed past the decomposing remains of those dead pigs making many, many people sick. You say, Pastor, that's gross. You're right. So is bitterness. Because it does the exact same thing. And sometimes it's not always exposed. Sometimes it's just like that spring. When you go there, you see that person, you're thinking, man, everything looks good on the outside. I mean, they, 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 they look pretty good. They look pretty normal. But, but underneath, underneath, there, there is something that's going on. I like what Adrian Rogers said. He said that bitter people are often like icebergs, off by themselves. And when you see them, very little is exposed. Most of the problem is hidden underneath. And that's so true. Somebody says, Pastor, why is bitterness so destructive? And this is the message, because bitterness finally affects the heart of those who are bitter. Now, I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. And this is just way too powerful of a scripture not to show you this morning. Jeremiah chapter number four, and when you find your place, look for verse number 18. Jeremiah chapter four and verse number 18. And I'll try to pick up speed here, and uh, we'll we'll try not to keep you long. But boy, whatever you do, don't, don't miss what God has for you this morning. Jeremiah chapter number four and verse number 18. The Bible says there, thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. This is thy wickedness because it is bitter. And look what it says, church, because it reacheth unto thine heart. Bitterness reacheth unto thine heart. You don't have to turn it. I'll just read it for you. Jeremiah, uh, James, James 3, verse 14. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Church, that's what I'm saying this morning. When you resist forgiving that person who did you wrong, this is the danger with that. That bitterness eventually makes its way into your heart. 
If you're here this morning and you rebel at, at forgiving those who have hurt you, and I know, I know, you, I, you, you know, I, I'm so tempted to get off track here this morning, but I don't want to do that. And I know there's somebody here this morning who says, but pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand where I came from and you don't understand the hurt that I've experienced. And I'm not belittling your hurt this morning and I'm not even saying that it was right. I'm not saying that it was justified, but I am saying this, if the Holy Spirit leads you to forgive, and you rebel against forgiving, here's the danger. That rebellion and that bitterness is eventually gonna make its way into your heart. And it's going to affect your heart. Listen, if you're here this morning and you, you, you say, Pastor, I have a, a, a grudge. You make a conscious choice to hold a grudge against somebody. And I don't care what they've done. You say, they hurt me. They cheated me. They lied to me. Okay, all right. But I'm just telling you this. If you hold a grudge and you don't get over that, it is going to make its way into your heart. That's what bitterness does. This is not something I'm making up. This is what God said. That bitterness is gonna make its way to your heart. If you're here this morning and you become disgruntled over the circumstances of life and in a crowd like this, the circumstances are so diverse. Some of you here this morning came from very solid backgrounds, very solid homes. Some of you have a Christian mama, you have a Christian daddy. You were reared in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And by the way, if that is your testimony right now, young person, what you ought to do is hit this altar this morning and thank God that you've got that testimony. And rather than rebel against your mom and dad, what you ought to do is thank God you've got a mom and dad like that. We've got folks here that were raised in Christian homes, but we've got folks here that were raised by alcoholics. We've got people here that were raised by drug addicts. We've got folks here this morning that had no mama in your life. For some reason or another, mama forsook you and left you, or maybe it was a dad. You never had a dad in your life, and, and you say, Pastor, I never knew my dad for many, many years. And I'm just telling you this. How many know this? That the enemy is giving us much to brew over in these last days. And if you're not careful, you'll get disgruntled over the circumstances of life. You say, Pastor, it's not fair. You're right. You say, Preacher, it hurts. You're right. You say, Pastor, it damaged me. I get it. But I'm telling you this, church, if you don't forgive and forget and go on, it is gonna finally damage you beyond repair. Bitterness will make its way into the heart. Did you know the heart problems are the most serious problems there are? Again, old illustration, you've heard it before. If you go to the urgent care today with an ingrown toenail, and I'm not, they hurt, I've had them. They hurt. But if you go to the ER today with an ingrown toenail, you're probably gonna wait. When they say, what are you here for? And you say, well, I've got an ingrown toenail. They're gonna probably say, well, uh, we, we got your name. You go out in the waiting room. We'll call you when we can. If you go to the ER and you've got a cut or a laceration, even if it's fairly bad and you have to wrap it up with a rag or a towel and you say, well, I cut myself working in the yard and it looks like I might have to have a couple stitches, they're probably gonna tell you, wait in the waiting room. We'll get with you just as soon as we can. But if you go to the urgent care or the ER and you say, I'm having severe chest pains. My chest is about to kill me. You know what happens? They expedite you to the front of the line. They immediately take you back. You know why? Because a heart issue can do what an ingrown toenail can't. Yes. 
and a heart issue can do what a laceration can't or a virus can't or a cold can't. Why? Because heart problems are the most serious of afflictions. Have you ever noticed this? And we have law enforcement. Have you ever noticed that law enforcement don't wear bulletproof gloves? Nor do they wear bulletproof boots. You know what they wear? They wear a bulletproof vest. You know why they do that? They're protecting these vitals, these vital organs, and especially the heart. Now, I hope you never shoot yourself in the foot. But if you decide to do a Barney Fife and you, <laughs> and you shoot yourself in the foot, I think I can tell you this ahead of time, it's gonna hurt like the Dickens but it may not be life-threatening. You can shoot yourself accidentally in the hand and it's gonna hurt like everything and it may require weeks to recover from that injury, but I'm just telling you this, if you shoot yourself in the heart, you're, you're probably not going to recover from that. You see, bitterness is so serious because bitterness finally begins to affect the heart. Now, Pastor, why is that important? Let me tell you several reasons why that's important this morning. Number one, church, your heart determines your quality of life. Now, I want you to, we're using our Bibles. I want you to take your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs this morning, Proverbs chapter four, and find your place, if you will, to verse number 23. Proverbs 4, verse 23, if you like to mark your Bible up, I'm gonna give you a great opportunity to do that this morning. Proverbs chapter four, verse number 23 I want to encourage you, if you're learning memory verses, make this one of your memory verses. Um, if you'd like to mark your Bible up, I'm going to give you a word to mark up here in just a moment. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23. The Bible says here, keep thy what? Keep thy, keep thy heart with all diligence. Now, again, I'm not going to camp out on this verse, but, but if you study that out, that word keep, it's the idea of a blockade. It's the idea of a security guard. It's the idea of a soldier that walks, that, that mans his post and, and does not leave his post. He guards, he keeps that post. And that's what the Bible's teaching us here in Proverbs chapter four and verse number 23, that we are to walk guard around our heart. We're to, we're to set up a blockade in front of our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Watch this now, watch this. For out of it, the heart, for out of it are the underline that word for out of it are the issues for out of it the heart for out of it are the issues of life it's an interesting word it's a powerful word it's the Hebrew word tatsah t-o-t-s-a-a-h and it means this it means exit end man exit end what's that mean pastor it means that your heart is gonna determine how your life ends up. Wherever you let your heart go, whatever's going on in your heart is gonna determine how your life is gonna turn out. It's gonna determine, by the way, in many respects, how your family's gonna turn out. It's gonna determine how your ministry is, gonna, is going to turn out. You see, if you, allow, if you allow your heart to become infected with bitterness, it will poison, it will poison your life. And not only your life, but those around you. Old story. Dr. Tony Evans, I was reading one of his books. And Dr. Evans, uh, pastor's over in uh, 
Houston area, Fort Worth, somewhere over there. San Antonio, I think it is. And he was on his way home from the church and uh, in the afternoon, and he was almost to his house. In fact, he said he was just getting ready to turn on his road, and you could be at his house in just a second. And he said, as he got ready to make the turn, he said somebody bumped into him from behind, almost home. And somebody bumped into his car. Well, he got out and he went back, and he said they had put a dent in my car, and he said it was uh, not bad, but you know, bad enough that you could see, uh, the, you know, see the problem. And and so he was trying to be Christ-like about it. And so he said, "Well, uh, listen," he said, "it's not that bad." He said, uh, uh, "We'll we'll just do this." He said, "We'll trade insurance information, and I'll get it fixed, and we'll just let it go at that. We won't even call the police." And we'll just let it go with that. And then the person who bumped into him said, I don't have insurance. And Dr. Tony Evans said, then I had a problem. I had, a, I had an inconvenience that wasn't my fault. I had a dent in my car that wasn't my fault. And he said, if I waited on these folks to repair it, they didn't have any insurance, he said, I'm probably going to have to ride around with a dent in my car for a long, long time. And so Dr. Evans said, you know what I did? He said, I picked up the bill. I just picked up the tab. And he said, you know, he said, it's an amazing thing. As soon as I came to that point and I said, you know what, I'm just going to pay for it myself, my dent went away. He said, I got it fixed. And he said, I didn't have to ride around with a dent in my car. And uh, now you say, Pastor, what's that got to do with anything? Did you know that we're meeting person after person after person who's got dents in their spirit? They come into our churches every Sunday, and man, they are dented up and banged up, and spiritually speaking, their fenders are falling off, and I mean, they've got dings and scratches and dents, and here's the problem, here's the problem. They're waiting on somebody else to fix it. Well, preacher, just as soon as that person comes back and apologizes, we're going to, you know, everything's going to be okay. Okay, what if they never apologize? Well, you say, Pastor, you know, as soon as they come to you and they confess what they did and they get it right with you and get it right with the church and then they get it right with me, then you know what? Everything's going to be good and we're going to go on. Hey, I'm just asking you a question. What if they never fix your dent? And yet we have hundreds and even thousands of Christians who every single week walk around this earth and they're dented up and they're banged up all because somebody hit them and somebody hurt them and that bitterness has made its way into their heart. And this is all I'm saying. Maybe today, maybe today, it's time that you pick up the tab and say, I'm not waiting on them to get right. I'm not waiting on them to come and confess it. I'm not waiting on them to apologize. I'm just going to forgive and forget and I'm going on with my life. Man, wow, praise God. Your heart determines quality of life. I want to tell you something else, Calvary. Look at this. Your heart determines quality of language. Now turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, if you will. Luke chapter number 6. And would you find your place in verse number 45? Luke 6, verse 45. Your heart determines quality of life. Your heart determines quality of language. Luke 6, verse 45. Let's read this one together. Ready? 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Watch now. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Can we read that last part again? Here, ready? For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Did you know that this is very much connected to this? For the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You ever met somebody? who just never could find anything good to say. <laughs> I know y'all never had folks like that. I mean, it's just, you know, it's never anything good about the choir. It's always something negative. Well, the choir wasn't on it today. Well, I thought they did great. Well, the preacher sure laid a, he sure laid a dinosaur egg today. That may be true, by the way. I mean, it's always something critical. Never can, you know, never can praise their wife for fixing biscuits. It's always the biscuits aren't like mama used to fix them. I mean, never can, you know, stop to think that she got up and fixed you breakfast, but although she fixed you breakfast, you criticize and we complain or we complain against that husband or, or we criticize the church or we criticize our jobs or, I mean, it's just nothing but just negative, 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 complain, complain, complain and murmur and murmur and murmur and murmur. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And this is what they say, well, you see, preacher, it's just the way I am. No, it's not according to the word of God. It's not just the way you are. The Bible says, for the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And if negative is here, it's gonna come out here. And if cursing is here, it's gonna come out here. And if criticism is in here, it's gonna come out here. And church, you know I'm telling you the truth on this. Some of the, some of the most negative, negative people you'll ever talk to are those who are bitter. Bitter. But preacher, they, they hurt me, yeah. And he saved you. Preacher, I've got this scar, yeah, but you're going to heaven. You got a blessed book, got a blessed hope. Got a blessed Savior. Oh, we'll get, we'll get into that one tonight, all right? We're going to save that one to tonight. So, Pastor, why is the heart so important? Because the heart determines quality of life and the heart determines quality of language. But listen, listen to this, church, because this is, I mean, this is the main thing. Your heart determines qualification for salvation. All right, Romans chapter 10 in your Bibles. Romans chapter 10, we're almost done. Romans 10 and verse number 9. Look what our Bible says here. Romans chapter 10. And verse number nine, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine what? And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the what? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, very important here, salvation according to the word of God is a matter of the heart. It's a decision of the heart. It's an act of the heart. 
What's that mean, Pastor? Salvation is more than you saying some kind of little prayer. Salvation is more than you coming forward and signing a card. Salvation is more than you joining a church. Salvation is a matter of the heart. If we're saved, we're saved because we, we have opened our heart to Christ. Deuteronomy 6, 5, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Acts 8, verse 37, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Listen, church, no wonder, no wonder preachers are having to almost bribe people to come to the altar and get saved. No wonder. You know why? Because Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, folks are walking here with bitterness in their hearts. And that bitterness is is affecting your quality of life. It's affecting your quality of language. But it's also affecting your qualification for salvation. You know what I believe, church? I believe this. I believe if you're here this morning and you've got alt, alt, alt in your heart against somebody, before you can come to the Savior, you're going to have to get that thing right. You say, preacher, I just don't know if I can... uh, I just don't know if I can forgive them. Well, you're right. You can't. But he can through you. You see, the Holy Ghost can can give you forgiveness that you've never had before. And he'll help you to see things from from a direction maybe that you have never seen. Bitterness will end up sending many, many a person to hell because their heart was not prepared to receive the gift of salvation. Old story. Two monks were on their way to help bring in the crops from a distant village. They were going to go down and help help this village bring the crops in. They had to cross a a big river. They came down to the river's edge and getting ready to cross, and there was an old, old lady that was seated at the, at the edge of the river, and she was a little, uh, you know, she was just a little discouraged, and so the monk came over and said, ma'am, is there anything I can help with? And she said, well, she said, I need to get across the river, but she said, there's no bridge. There's no crossing. And so the monk said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. He said, me and my friend, he said, what if we just pick you up? And he said, we'll carry you across. And she said, oh. That would be such a blessing if you would do that. So sure enough, that's what they did. The two monks interlocked their hands. They picked up the old lady and they carried her very carefully across the river and set her down and she went on her way. She said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And they got about a mile down the road on the way to the village and one of the monks said, man, look at my clothes. They are filthy. I mean filthy because we carry that silly woman across the river. They got another mile or two down the road, and that monk said, man, my back's hurting so bad because we carried that woman. My back is hurting so bad. And they got down a, a little further down, and finally he just fell down on the ground, and he said, man, I can't go any further. He said, my back's hurting, my legs are hurting because we carried that silly old woman across the river. And his friend said to him, said, have you wondered why you're complaining and I'm not complaining? He said, you're still carrying the woman. Wow. He said, I set her down five miles ago. 
I wonder this morning, anybody need to say anything down? You say, Pastor, my dad did this. Maybe today's the day you need to set that down. Don't you think you've probably carried that long enough? You say, Pastor, my sibling, my sister, my sister did this. She cheated me. She criticized me. Don't you think it's time just to set sis down? Don't you think it's time just to set the hurt and the suffering? Boy, somebody, remember that song we used to sing says, Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. Hey, church, you know what? Maybe today on this, uh, what is it, July the 3rd, 2022, maybe this is a good day for some folks to get in the altar and say, Lord, I'm setting the old woman down today. I've carried it long enough. I've held this grudge long enough. I've had these hard feelings long enough. And Lord, it's going to get here and it's going to damage my quality of life. It's going to hurt my family. It's going to hurt my marriage. It's going to hurt, hurt my ministry in the future. I'm just going to set it down. Fanny Crosby, most of you recognize that name. Fanny Crosby wrote 8,000 hymns. Many of those are in our songbook. We sing, we sing a lot of those songs here at Calvary. When Fanny Crosby was six weeks old, six weeks old, she had a minor eye inflammation, minor, I would draw that word out, a minor eye inflammation, and her parents took her to the doctor, and the doctor didn't really understand what he was doing, and so he applied some medication to her eyes, and it was the wrong kind of medication, and it severely damaged her eyes. In fact, Fanny Crosby was blind from the rest of her life. From six weeks old, she was blind the rest of her life. Later in life, they interviewed Fanny. And they asked her about that doctor. And they said, Fanny, if somehow you could talk to that doctor again, that one that put the wrong medicine on your eyes and made you blind, what would you say to him? And Fanny Crosby said, If I could talk to that doctor, I'd say, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making me blind. Fanny Crosby felt like because of her blindness, God had gifted her to write all those songs that we sing all these many, many years later. By the way, Fanny Crosby said this. She said, one of the great things about my blindness is this. She said, the first face I'll ever see will be the face of Jesus. (laughs) now we're going to talk about the prescription tonight God's prescription for bitterness but I just wonder somebody here this morning maybe it's time to lay it down I hope you'll let go and let God have his way today would you bow your heads with us all over the house today Father thank you for this time we've had together today and God thank you for the truth of the word of God, bitterness finally affects the heart. And then, Lord, it begins to affect all those around us. Father, today I pray that you'd help Christians to come. God, I pray that people would come and get in this altar. And, Lord, today I pray that they'd set the old woman down once and for all, once and for all. Lord, they cannot... They cannot control what happened in the past. But they can control what happens in the future. 
God, I pray right now you'd break the, the chains. God, I pray that you would give hearts, make hearts full of forgiveness. Oh, God, give people a better quality of life because of forgiveness today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Would you stand up with us all over the house this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. How many are here today would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure that I would go to heaven. I know for sure that I would go to heaven. If that's you, you just slip your hand up as a testimony to that. Wow, praise the Lord. Let me ask you a second question. How many are here today would say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand in all assurance. If I died today, I'm not sure that I would go. I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Preacher, I want you to pray for me. And right now, without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up right now. Right now, just raise it up. Raise it up. Pastor, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one like that anywhere? Raise it up real high and wave it at me this morning. Can I pray for you? I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you for waving at me. Amen. Who else? Who else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Oh, preacher, I need you to pray. I need you to pray. You slip your hand up right now. Let me pray for you. Is there another right now? Can I pray for you? I'm going to pray for these that have raised their hands. Let me ask you this, though. How many are here today? And folks, you're on the altar right now. But how many are here this morning would say, Preacher, pray for me. That I'll have forgiveness in my heart. There's something. You don't know about it. Maybe nobody else knows about it. But I need the forgiveness of the Lord. I need I need to forgive and go on. If that's you this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed, right now, very quietly, I want you to slip your hand up right now. Just slip it up and let me pray for you. I see that hand and that hand. God bless you. I see that hand, that hand. Who else? Who else? Preacher, pray for me. I need to set it down and go forward for the cause of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for your blessings. Oh, God, I pray today that you'd work in this invitation. I pray for these that have raised their hands about the need of heaven, the need of Jesus. Lord, please, in just a moment, help them to step out and help them to come. And God, we want to show them how they can know that they know that they know that they're going to heaven when they die. And then, Lord, help others to come and just gather around the altar and do business with Christ today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you raised your hand this morning and said, Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven, come on, right now, I want you to step out. Would you step out? We've got some folks down here in the front with a Bible, and they would like to just meet you and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Would you come right now? Would you come? Would you come? Just slip out. If you'll take that first step, God will help you with the second one. Would you come while we wait? Hey, child of God, whatever you do, don't you walk out of here with a grudge. Set it down once and for all. Set it down. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right now. God, thank you for those that are getting some help. Lord, I, I pray right now that you would do that which only you can do. Father, you have to draw them. 
I can do my best to preach to them. Well, Lord, you've got to draw them. And I pray right now you draw them to yourself. Holy Ghost, I pray that you'd work in their life. Show them their need of Jesus. And God, give them the courage to come. Give them the courage to believe. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd work in other hearts today. And God, help us to leave this place free, free, free. Our heads are bowed. Brother Steve, I'm saved, but I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Boy, today's a good day to do that. July the 3rd, 2022. Maybe this could be your coming back day, coming back to God. Pastor, I am saved, but I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. Would you come? Would you come while we wait? Preacher, I've been born again, but I'm not, I've not yet followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Why don't you come and make yourself a candidate for baptism today? Would you come while we wait? If you're watching our live stream right now, we're so glad to have you tuning in. Hey, there's a number on the bottom of your screen, 704-327-5662, and that number's just for you today. And we've got some folks waiting by the phone, and we would, we would love, love, love to tell you about Jesus today. And so if you've got a need, please reach for your phone and call that number. And we have some people who would love to speak with you right now. Please call that number. Church, you can look up the